preached the message uh, for us Sunday night. Did a great job. And while she was preaching that message and she was reading in Acts chapter 3 and the message was there in Acts chapter 3 and, and verse number 1 talks about the lame man who was lame from his mother's womb that would, had been carried. They had laid him daily at the gate called Beautiful. And uh, she was preaching that message. And while she was preaching that, the Lord began to highlight some things in this story for me. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll put them down. I thought later on I'll kind of share something about that. I'll let the Lord develop this. And, and uh, the Lord will, will eventually bring this back to my mind and, and uh, lead me in this. But uh, as I was praying and, and then uh, over the last uh, couple of days, and some of you probably saw my Facebook post today, um, but my heart has been just stirred with the events that are going on in our, our culture right now. And uh, with the... the Floyd case in particular um, of the African-American man that um, was killed by the policeman there in, in Minnesota and then the, the things that are going on from there. And I'm not, I'm not going to get into a lot of that tonight. I want to tell you, though, church, I will say this. It's time that we rise up with our voice and we begin to speak life. And we become bold. If we are people that value life, and if we are people like we say we are that value and believe that all lives are equal and, and that, uh, that that goes all the way around, then, then it's time that we let our voice be heard. We cannot tolerate this any longer. It is a shame, and, and it is a horrible thing that... Family members uh, have to feel the need to uh, warn and worry about their children because of the color of their skin and what's going to happen to them uh, if they go out. And I, I, uh, I'm to the point now that every time I hear one of these stories, what rings into my mind is that no excuses. We don't need any explanations we just need justice, and we just need to see God begin to move in these situations. And, and we need a change of hearts in people's lives. Racism and hatred and, and all of the things that go along with that have no place in a society. And we must let our voices be heard. Now, having said that, what I want to say tonight and what really began to ring into my heart and that I wanted to share with you tonight uh, out of that setting that Julie shared with me or shared with us Sunday night. Here is, is what the Lord, the thought that hit me was this. What can we do? Because, you know, you hear these stories and, and I, it's one thing to put words on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, that's, that's the simple thing. Yeah, we, we, we should do that. But that's the simple thing, to put words out there. Surely all of us can agree that injustice like that needs to be called out. But what can we do? See, that's, that's the question that keeps 
running through my heart and my mind. Every time we're hearing about these now, the Ahmad Aubrey case, the this latest case, and so many like it, and so many other injustices, and we'll talk about that in just a moment. But the, the thought that keeps hitting me is, what can we do? It's not just enough anymore to just say some words. What can we do? What, what is it that we can involve ourselves in? How can we begin to, to truly make a difference? And I believe the Lord has brought something to my attention from that message Julie preached Sunday night, from that scripture she used to preach out of. And what the Lord began to highlight to me, I didn't realize it at the time, but now has come ringing back into my mind, and I believe the Lord has given us some things out of Acts 3 that we can do in moments like these. And so I want to challenge you in that. I, I, a couple scriptures that I'm going to take, to you, take you to before we get into uh, the message tonight in Acts 3. Here's the, the first scripture that you can go to with me. Um, if, if you would like to turn there, you can. But Psalm 11 and verse 3. Psalm 11 and verse number 3 says, If the foundations are destroyed... What can the righteous do? Foundations are destroyed. What is it the righteous can do? That's something that we need to, I believe, ask ourselves. What is God asking us to do? The scripture that came to my mind as I was praying this morning over this latest situation, and I wrote it down in my, in my Facebook post, and I, I just put on there, read it. But First John chapter 3 and verse 15 says, Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he, Jesus, laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? So if we see someone in need and and we have something that could help and we shut up our hearts towards them, How does the love of God abide in us? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before Him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him. Because we keep His command, man, commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. Listen to verse 23. And this is His commandment. That we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ. And love one another as He gave us commandment. That we should... 
believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as Jesus commanded us. So what, what can we do in times like this? What can we do when we see injustice around us? What can we do when we see brokenness all around us? What is it that God would call the church to do in moments when culture, when community seems to have so many issues and so many problems and we feel so helpless because we feel like, what, what really are the answers? Do we really have any answers? What is an answer to wickedness? What is an answer to the evil in men's hearts? We can't make men love one another. We can't make wickedness uh, no longer live within the hearts of unregenerate men. So what can we do? That's the question that has just stirred in my spirit. Now, in a broken world, in broken lives, so many that are paralyzed by fear, so many are afraid to speak out sometimes because, well, somebody else might not agree with something they have to say. Or maybe it's just going to start an argument. But I want to tell you, it's coming a time that we need to quit worrying about that. And we need to start standing up for what is right, speaking the truth in love, and declaring and calling to people to, to turn to the Lord in these moments. A world that's paralyzed by fear and doubt and hate. And anger and racism and sex slavery and abortion and the issues of life. And, and how can we say we are children of God if we just try to pick and choose a couple of hot button issues and make that our platform that we stand on? There is brokenness and there is there is hurt and there is sin and, and there is devastation all around us. What can we do? And all of these things are equally devastating. So what can we do? There is something that we can do. So many times we, we say, well, it's been this way for so long. What can I do? Many say that even today. Well, these have been issues that's been going on for so long, so what can we really do? That's a cop-out. Well, it's always been that way. Well, I believe we need some Peters and Johns to begin to step up again. I believe we need some disciples, followers of Jesus Christ, who are full of His Spirit, full of boldness, Willing to step out of our comfort zones and begin to address the desperate needs of a culture that is full of sin and spiraling on their way to hell. Racism and hatred are actions and thoughts and belief systems straight from the pit of hell. If you believe you are better than somebody else or somebody else is lower than you because of the color of their skin or the location of their heritage, my friend, you are sinful. Full of sin. 
have been lied to by the devil, need to repent, and need to turn your life to Jesus. Don't, don't justify. It's the truth. We have things going on around us in our culture right now. Abortion. We, we have compassion and love for the young ladies and the women who sometimes feel so helpless and trapped and because of terrible situations, somehow they have been taught to believe that's their only way out. Others make the decision lightly and willfully. Young couples that find themselves in desperate straits and make horrible decisions. But while we love them and while we care for them, and no matter what you have done, God can forgive you. We must not be silent about the fact that life matters to God. And that that baby that has been conceived matters to God. And somehow we've got to speak truth in love in these situations. The sex slavery issue. What a world to live in. Where mainly men and women, mainly men will prey upon young children. And prey upon young girls. For, to get their satisfaction. It's time we give to ministries that help that. And that's great, but what can we do? How can we make a difference? That's the question that keeps driving. We all need Jesus. None of us are at a place in our life that we don't need Jesus daily. It's not a matter of who's bigger sinners than somebody else. But if we are children of God and we have been forgiven and we are walking with Him, then now He is in us. And as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, we need to walk and we need to have something to say and something we can offer and something we can give to a world that is devastated. And we need to do it with love and compassion. We don't need to be judgmental and harsh. We, too many have tried it that way for way too long, but we must be truthful and clear. There is a hell that awaits those that are without Jesus Christ as their Savior. The, the wages of sin is death. And the only way out of that is to speak truth to people that they would hear the word and that they make the determination to turn their life to Jesus. But we must do what we can. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this story. And I'm going to read the scriptures. And I'm going to share you what, with you what I believe we can do. Acts chapter 3 and verse number 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. The ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried. This is Acts 3, verse 2. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple. So they laid him there to beg. That's how he was going to survive for all these years. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked them for alms. 
for some help, for some money. Fixing his eyes on him, with John, Peter said, look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Would you please hear that word? He looked at them expecting to receive something from them because they made themselves a spectacle before him. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. It says, he saw Peter and John, and he did what he did with everybody else that walked by. He begged them for alms, rattled his cup, begged them for a little something. And instead of just walking by, They they fixed their eyes on him, and Peter said, look at us. He could have just walked by, but his words were, look at us. So it says then that the man fixed his eyes on him. He just asked them for something, but when Peter stopped and said, now look at us. Now I want to tell you something, church. We declare all the time. And we have said now for some 2,000 years, the world needs to look at the church. We need to be the example. We need to point them to Jesus. We need to set the tone. We need to set the pace. Jesus told them when he gathered them up, go into all the world. We're going to make a spectacle of ourselves. We're going to put ourselves in front of the world. And if we have nothing to offer them, we will become irrelevant. And sadly, because of fear, because of timidity, being too timid, because we are afraid of what we may not have the right things to say for too many people, we declare we are Christians. That word says to our world, we have something that we are supposed to be offering you. But because we have remained silent And we have weakened ourselves to the place of, well, we don't want to offend someone by talking with them about Jesus. And and we have made ourselves irrelevant in this culture. What can we do? So he gave them his attention. And he expected to receive something from them. He expected to receive money. I'm sure of that. But I believe there was something pricked in his heart because this was an unusual encounter. Usually he just does that and then maybe they toss something in or maybe somebody just just says something ugly to him and walks by. But this time Peter and John stop and they say, look at us, Peter says. And he set his attention on them. He expected something's about to happen. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. Silver and gold, I don't have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand. And lifted him up. 
and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them walking, leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Notice, Peter and John do something. They don't just say, well, I don't have what you asked for. And then went on about their way. They don't just say, well, he's been here since he was born. His mother's brought him here since he was old enough to be brought here. They've laid him out here every day. It's just been this way forever. It's devastating. It's heartbreaking. But we don't have anything we can really do. We don't have what you need. So we're just going to go on our way and go pray in the temple and celebrate what we have. They didn't do that. They stopped. At a broken place with a broken man in a devastated moment in a world that 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 seemed out of control. He wasn't the only lame man that would have been around. He 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 was one of the multitudes. The world was in need of Jesus. And they would not just bypass the need on their way to gather together. With one another. What can we do? Here's what we can do. And I'm going to give this to you. And just share with you what the Lord I believe dropped in my heart. We come to our world. And we offer. The brokenness of the world. And we come. To that moment. In a name. You can write that down. They came that day to him in a name. Peter said it. Peter said, he said, silver and gold, I don't have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus. Let me tell you, you may not know what you have to solve the problems of our culture. Sometimes we may feel like we don't know what, what we have that can make a difference in these big issues that we are facing. But we come to the problems in a name. That's got to be key. We need to understand that. That's, that's representation. We come in a name. And the name we come in is the name that is above every name. There is no name like that name. It is the name of Jesus. We come. We come to the big issues of our world. And I will not shy away from what I do have to offer. We have something to offer that the rest of the world does not have. Christ followers has something to offer in these big issues of the moment. Where we feel like there's nothing we have. Nothing we can do. We can come to the moment in a name. And the name we come in is not our own name. Not the name of a political party. Not the name name of compassion not the name of, of just trying to do this or doing that we come in the name 
of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There's a lot that I could go in, but I just, I just we, I, I, we need to speak His name. We need to speak the names of those that, that have been wrongly treated and murdered. And we also need to speak the name that carries the ability to make the difference. And that name is Jesus. You can call politicians. And maybe they'll try to help. Maybe they won't. But we come in the name that's above every name. In the name of Jesus. I'm not going to take the time to go into all the scriptures. But Philippians 2, 9 through 11 talks about he's been given a name that's above every name. That at the mention of that name, every knee has to bow. Things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth. They may not bow now, but every knee will bow. And everything is under His power, under His name. That's what we come in. We come in a name. So what do we do? We come in a name. Here's the second thing we do. We come on a word. We come in a name, the name of Jesus. So we come to the problems of our culture in the name of Jesus. And we come to the crisis moments of culture on a word. We arrive on a word. And Peter, he said, What I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Do you remember Jesus told them they could lay hands on the sick and they would recover? He's walking in this word. Peter comes to him and he comes on a word. He, he appears on the scene writing on a word from God. And the word that he has been given and the word that's about to be released out of him is the word rise. I want to tell you church, if we will begin to pray, God will give us a word that we will appear in the moment on. And that word is going to be the word that's going to make the difference. We come in the name of Jesus. We come on His word. Here's, here's what hit me in that. When, when the Logos comes together and when the Rhema word confirms the Logos word, we see the miracle. Jesus, when you talk of the Logos word, you're talking of, of, of really of Christ. He has represented that, that word that has been put down, all that Jesus is. But also there's a word, rhema. And that rhema word is the word Jesus uses in Matthew 4 when he says, every, we live by every word that proceedeth forth from the Father. So God gives us a word that we arrive into every situation on. The problem is, if we do not spend time communicating with Him, we don't know the word we arrive on. You know what our world needs? Our world needs you and me showing up every day in the name of Jesus and walking on the word that He's given us. Standing on the Word. Ready to reveal the Word. In the name, on a Word. Peter walked on water on the words of Jesus. Lazarus came out of a grave on the words of Jesus. All things were made in our world on that Word, Jesus. Nothing was made without Him is what the Word says. 
The word says rise. The word says love. The word says heal. The word says whole. The word says free. The word says live. Let's begin to show up on the word. Into your situations, on your job, in our communities. Let's show up standing on the word. What can we do? We come in a name. We come on a word. Here's the third thing. We come with a hand. Peter and John. Peter looks at him and says, Silver and gold have I none. But what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus. And on the word, rise. He, that, that, that's what he says. He said... In the name of Jesus Christ, verse 6 of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And verse 7, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. He came with a hand. He was willing to give his hand. He was willing to get involved in the situation. He was willing with a hand to reach into the devastation Taking the, what the world would say, boy, that's risky. No, not when you come in the name of Jesus and on the word of God, giving a hand in the situation is anything but risky. It is the need of the moment. So right now, what can we do about these big issues? Everywhere we go, we go in the name of Jesus We stand on His Word, ready to be there, ready to be present in the moment with a word from God. And we are willing to reach our hand out and walk with people and move with people and have hard conversations with people. Let me tell you, do you think it was an easy conversation for Peter to say, rise up and walk and pull him up? There was a good chance the man was going to fall on his face. Peter was willing to say the hard things. Come on, church. I'm I'm here to tell you tonight that we need to start saying the words. We need to start engaging in the conversations. We need to quit sitting silently by. We need to get our hands involved. And we need to begin to communicate what being a follower of Christ is really all about. And the last thing I'll share with you is what can we do? We act by faith. Two acts of faith took place in this story. The first act was Peter and John's. Peter spoke the word, reached out his hand, picked it up. But the lame man also mingled his faith with theirs because he took the hand and he allowed them to pull him up. And the Bible says, immediately, the impossible happened. Lame from his mother's womb. All of his life. Immediately when faith mingled together in God, in Christ, the miracle occurred. Here's what hit me in this story about what we can do. We may not have all the answers as far as the world's way. But everywhere we go and everywhere we are, we can show up in the name of Jesus. We can be walking and living and carrying the word on the word. 
we can be reaching our hands out and having the hard conversations and talking to people about truth and talking to people about the, a love for God and talking to people about a life that can be different. And then we need to release faith. And when they reciprocate faith, miracles occur. And what seems impossible can become possible. What can we do in moments that we don't understand? We can believe for the impossible and for the miraculous. I want you to think with me. This man immediately began to do new things. Things he had never done. He leapt up. He had never done that. He stood. He had never stood on his own. He walked. He had never walked. He went jumping and leaping multiple times into the temple praising God. He had never done that before. All because two men following Christ stood, said, I'm not just going to walk past this. I believe I can do something. And they did what was in front of them to do, and the miraculous occurred. And new things began because of it. I'm, I'm probably preaching more than I'm teaching tonight, but that's all right. Our world, our culture, our, our country, our communities, we need people to do brand new things that they've never done before. We need people to begin to live lives like they've never lived before. But if all we do is live our own life, It won't be seen. Give ourselves for others. Love others. Let's go everywhere we go in the name of Jesus. Let's go on the word. Carrying the word for the moment. Standing on his word. Reaching out our hands. And joining our faith. With anyone who agrees with it. Anyone who is willing. And we can begin to change hearts and change lives one person at a time. That's how revival starts. That's how church is built. That's how differences are made. They're not made at the big levels. They're made in the small moments. Change occurs first in the small moments Before it reaches the big levels. Purpose in your heart. What can I do? What can I do? To make a difference in my world. I was going to say I don't know who needs to hear this. But I think all of us need to hear this. When we see brokenness. When we see. Sin all around us. 
And we see the works of the flesh rising up, taking front and center stage. It's time for the church to go to work and be who God called us to be because that's what we can do. Amen. Let's pray. I want us to pray for the family of the Floyd family, his family that are devastated and hurt. Ahmad Aubrey, another one that another man that senselessly life was taken from. Pray for the family. Pray for our country. Pray for our culture. Pray for our communities. Pray for our families that are having to sit around and try to explain what is so ignorant, so unexplainable. To their kids because they're fearful of what could happen. Because of hatred and sin. Church, it's time we pray. Those that make terrible decisions. To lead them to abortion clinics. It's time to pray. And make the difference we can everywhere we are. For those that involved in the sex slavery industry and the sex industry, we need to make a difference where we are. Start having the discussions. Start reaching out in truth. Let's begin to make a difference. We can start right here in our community. And small changes can grow into great movements. When God is released among it. Let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for our time tonight.